Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking to Dr. Lynette Louise. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Lynette. Thank you for sharing your audience with me. I appreciate it. Awesome. So, um, Dr. Lynette, I'm not used to (laughs) calling people doctor. Um, If you could tell my listeners a bit about yourself, that would be great. Well, we can start with uh, what you're stumbling over, which is doctor. (laughs) Most people just call me Lynette or the brain broad. Uh, When I first started working, I was known as the brain lady, and then I tried to make a website, and there was already a brain lady. So I ended up the brain broad and turned it into, uh, you know, uh, what's the word, acronym? And um, so it stands for Brain Repair Overcoming Astronomical Dysfunctions. But I feel like the word broad is a great fit because I literally got my final degree at the end of my career, not at the beginning. I started out by um, having a challenged life and a, a life of abuse. And then I adopted a bunch of multiply handicapped children and uh, nobody knew how to help them. And so I had to figure it out. And I was playing catch up most of the time, figuring out what the world already knew and trying to apply it for my kids and seeing if I could help them function better. And, you know, it usually made it worse, but every once in a while something was good. And Um, I tended to learn it before I got letters after my name that said I knew it. And that was a wonderful way to experience learning how to optimize brain function. Because had I gone to school first and then tried to apply what I knew or thought I knew, to help my children become independent and move off their uh, various diagnoses or graduate from their various labels, I probably would have done them more harm than good. And maybe we can talk about that a little bit because school is wonderful. Education is important. But one of the downsides to college and university is that you're taught without any personal experience yet. So you just believe everything you're taught. And most of it, well, let's say 50%, I'm just throwing numbers out there, is wrong. And so here you are, you know, embracing it all. And then you're going to, like a photocopy of a photocopy, you're going to go out and help other people using the information you got. And much of it won't be beneficial. I can understand that. I'm a college student, so um, I do find what I'm learning to be useful, but I also know other people who have taken different routes as far as discovering themselves, whether it's through travel or just taking a break from school. Um, So there's other stuff that can enrich our minds, not necessarily it has to be in a physical classroom. Right. Well, actually, I brought it up because you wanted to talk about the pandemic. So yeah, when you think about so you're in you're in university or college, and you're learning and it feels beneficial, because why wouldn't it you're learning it, but you don't have a life experience to sort of balance it against you also are on a gerbil wheel of keeping up with your classes, getting your assignments in, learning what they say you have to learn. There's no time really 
to separate out what's right and what's wrong and say, well, I'm willing to learn this piece because I think it, it makes sense, but I'm not willing to learn this piece because it doesn't make sense to me. You're not allowed to do that. So you have to take the entire salad and swallow it all, even if you don't like the tomatoes. So there's a problem in that that prevents us from having our own problem-solving abilities just because we're trying to get through. And even when the, when uh, professors and stuff say, we're encouraging you to think for yourself, they're really not because you're trying to get through. You got to meet your your timeframes and, and be ready for your exams and get your assignments in. And, um, and that just sort of takes over. But the pandemic put the brakes on everywhere. And yes. a lot, yeah, a lot of people didn't take advantage of that. But the ones who did had a moment to say, hey, wait a minute. What am I learning? Where are my priorities? What matters in the world? What if I die tomorrow? What if my parents die tomorrow? These questions that were sort of off in the distance became very real. And though they can be extremely challenging and, and up the, the stress level, they can also be stress relieving. And this depends very much on the type of person you are, the environment you're in, and what you're feeding yourself belief-wise. Uh, are you watching the news and they're telling you it's horrible and you want to kill yourself? Or are you taking a minute to say, wait, it's kind of nice to be able to turn off my computer class for a minute and think. So that's where we're at with um, the discussion on how I learned and the pandemic. So I've got us there. What do you want to do with it? <laughs> uh, well, I guess I can share my own um, thoughts on learning during the pandemic because I've been taking my classes online and Though the idea of having a lot of availability um, during this um, chaotic time is interesting and it's given me an opportunity to explore many different interests that I wouldn't have normally been able to do if I had the typical day-to-day -day schedule um, known as college. Um, so I can understand the stepping away from the hecticness and getting a sigh of relief and just not worrying about about it as much because I do feel I have a tendency to put a lot of pressure on myself when it comes to my classes. Um, even though it is a really natural ability to fail and we're not supposed to be perfectionists yet, I feel like that's somehow ingrained into every college student because it's if you you got to do well in college in order to succeed in the real world which isn't necessarily the case well right it's not true at all it's another fairy tale that we sell like santa claus um it's not true you do not need to do well in college to do well in the world uh and you need to define though what well is <laughs> So men, on the mental health subject, a lot of the time people struggle and become very unhealthy, very dependent on mood stabilizers and that sort of thing, simply because they never took a moment to define 
what success is for them, what happy is for them, what, what, you know, what do I personally, never mind what I'm being sold by the commercials and the parents and the teachers, what matters to me? Um, so I have a, I have a quote that people use of mine a lot where I say, um, you know, you're a success, you spend your days. And really it's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be that you're the person making a lot of money or with a degree. So everyone looks at you and says, oh, you got a degree. It doesn't have to be any of that. But if for you, it has to be, then it has to be. So what is success to you? Right. That's, that is an interesting um, question that how do we define success? Um Come to think of it, I don't even know how I would define success, to be honest. I think it's how, based off of my experiences, not necessarily with college, but just my whole upbringing in general, um, I've been categorized and labeled as um, different, outsider, um, the goody two-shoes girl, um, the shy girl, and probably um, many other labels that I can't even think of. Um, I guess, huh, that's a good question. I don't think of enough. How would one define success? Well, let's start with those labels. Which one of those labels do you like? Um, I guess the goody two-shoes one. Um, because okay. I never really went through a bad phase as many people tend to go through because um, I'm a Christian. So my spirituality was at the cornerstone of um, how my personality was developed. But um, most importantly, um, at my birth, just to give you a little insight into who I am, um, for the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. So, which isn't a typical scenario I'm sure you hear every day, but, um, well, I do because I work with neuroscience, but and neurotherapy, oh. but, but you're right. Not, it's not typical of the, you know, the neurotypical child. Right. Right. Um, so I've been pretty much categorized as different since day one. And even um, just to give you a medical perspective, um, doctors even told my parents that, hey, your daughter has many health deficiencies, so she's basically retarded. However, um, grow so that actually brings back up to that whole perfect mentality state I mentioned. So my whole life, I basically had to prove everybody wrong that, hey, I am smart. And my health deficiencies aren't, like, they don't deter me or degrade me. They're, they're a part of me, but it doesn't, like, stop me from being me. I'm just as good as everybody else. Right. So, you know, um, yeah, and that's, um, that's a great example of what we're talking about. Those doctors learned when they took their medical degree, they learned that if you meet certain criteria then this is your prognosis. And of course, that's been proven wrong over and over again, as far as developmental situations go with children. But um, it doesn't change the fact that 
when you go to school, you're taught something and you think it's right. That's why you went there. And it's really, really important to, because science is always evolving, medicine is always evolving. And my goodness, medicine is amazing. I mean, you can do a lung transplant for God's sakes, but you do want to always question and take a minute to say, well, is this evolving into a new place? Is this something I'm embracing? Is this knowledge I'm embracing for now until I have better knowledge? Or is this knowledge that is, you know, complete where they've really figured it out? Most things are evolving. And if we get our education with that in mind, then we're more like a peer to our professor to our professors. And we always maintain the ability to engage in civil dis disobedience, engage in, um, you know, f complete thoughts and, and arguments and debate well, and, and we evolve nicely and become very sophisticated. But if you just, if you just take what you're told and think that that's the final answer, then you will actually probably do harm. Like what was done. Fortunately, you you've worked with it and, and made it your uh, life's goal to prove them wrong. But a lot of people succumb to a diagnosis like that. A lot of parents succumb to it. And then that would have done harm to you in a way that um, maybe couldn't be overcome as you hit this age. And so it's really important to question as you move forward through education, through life, through politics, through everything to, to maintain the right to think for yourself. And I think the pandemic has given us a moment to say, hey, wait a minute, I understand this online class better than my professor does. He's fumbling around and can't even unmute himself. Or I, um, I know you're saying that we're more unhappy staying at home, but actually I'm more happy. So maybe you're wrong. Um, the willingness to say, you know, the authority figures are doing their best to share the knowledge that they have, just as I'm doing my best to do for you, but they don't know everything. And I'm going to individualize this and make it important from my point of view. Right. Uh, well said. Um, so I do have a funny icebreaker question for you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stump you, but I think considering your line of work, you might understand the purpose of this question before I even ask it. So if you could have any superpower that's not flying, many people have picked flying. But flying is awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. And I know people miss traveling, but I got to take that option away. That's too easy an answer. <laughs> so if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Well, um, of course, my answer would be different in the moment that you ask it. I, I have a different answer probably daily, moment to moment, actually. But the one that came to mind is just now is one I was talking to my daughter about because we're both um, authors. And often I have so many layers to the books that I want to write. I just wish I could hook all the all the sensors up to my brain and the book would write itself. So if I could in this moment, because I'm in the middle of a book I'm writing, if I had any superpower, it would be the ability to take all my sophisticated thoughts and have them in a readable form so I could help people to function better. And I don't have to actually sit at the typewriter. It would just show up. <laughs> okay, so 
okay, so come instantly coming up with a book right away. Yeah, I just sit, I just sit there, close my eyes, and and think. Okay, we're going to talk about the brain and sleep. Boom, there's the book. Right. <laughs> that is a good superpower. So this would be the point of our conversation when I would share mine. I would pick um, reading people's minds, which, um, considering your line of work, you might find beneficial mm-hmm. um, to understand the mechanics and the of, of course, everyone's mental state. But um, there could be some benefits to knowing one's thoughts and some disadvantages. For instance, some people might not be emotionally accessible or ready to share their thoughts quite yet. Um, if they're still trying to develop some type of impression of you and they're just trying to figure you out and they're not ready for you to let them in. So, you know, um, I suppose if I could read their minds, I'd want to make sure that I also could not read their minds because the last thing you want to do is be listening to their thoughts as they spend private time in their room or something. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that could be something you could never get out of your head. Um, I, you know, it's funny when I was young, this is another example of sort of as you change, right? But when I was young, I really desperately wanted that skill. And in a way I have that skill because I understand behavior and, and tonation and I look at EEGs and I spend a lot of time helping people to be congruent between their thoughts and their actions. If you have a different reality inside your head um, to the way that you're behaving on the outside, you'll end up with this sort of war going on inside and there'll be this constant state of um, anxiety generated from that or depression and exhaustion. And that's definitely the source of a lot of of what people struggle with in their mental health because we teach it we teach people be polite smile do all that keep it to yourself that's the quiet part don't say it out loud and and i i teach the opposite i teach you know become congruent become one per the same inside and out and just be um, a goody two shoes while you do it, like become the person that you want to be, get a sense of what success is for you of what you want to become and become that and help people to get there so that they don't have mental health issues. As a result, I no longer would want to know what people are thinking because I want to accept them at face value and then tell them when they're being incongruent. If I knew they were lying in the beginning, then I would find it difficult to accept them at face value. And it would be hard to help them to walk their talk. Um, So I've changed there, but I used to really badly want it because I found people very confusing and difficult. Interesting. I have this saying that I got from a client once. I said, well, Um, and what were you thinking? And she said, well, I don't remember, but it wouldn't have been very nice. And I said, well, why do you say that? She's because I never think nice things about people in my head. Meanwhile, she was so pleasant and sweet and kind. And I, and I said, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't be a bitch in your head. I hope that's acceptable using that term. And, um, it's it's fine. Yeah, but what was great about that? 
was that then I discovered I was a little bit of one in my head too. And I thought, well, you know, don't do that, Lynette. It's so wonderful when you work with people, you learn about yourself. And so whenever I would have this inclination internally to roll my eyes inside my head or to, to be a bitch in my head, I would just say to myself, don't be a bitch in your head. Be a nice person in your head. It was amazing what that did for me. I gave myself the direction of being a good person inside. And I let the outside take care of itself. And that, if I could give, okay, I want a new superpower now. I want the ability now <laughs> to help everyone choose to fix themselves on the inside rather than become two different things. Oh, some new superpower. <laughs> That's the beauty about this question because many people have different answers as far as how does one use a power if they were to have a superpower because in a way we all have our own powers and gifts and it's up to us to use them to help others in some form so that's the beauty about this question is everyone answers it differently yeah it's a fun question nobody else has asked it either so it's been good it's been, it's been a fun <laughs> conversation I, I don't usually have so that was neat Awesome. Um, we're at the end of our awesome conversation. Um, do you have any social plugins you want to tie in, like where people can find your book, when you write it with your with your instant mind <laughs> writing powers? Well, so far my books have been written with sweat and, and elbow grease, but um, I have quite a few books. You can always just go to my website, lynettelouise.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and, you know, I'm not really great at, at constantly staying focused on selling and branding myself. I just write it and put it out there and people seem to find it when they need it. So I have always, always my stuff is about your thought process, your emotions, your behavior, your mental abilities, your brain. So I've got books, so everything from a sexual, sexually experienced odyssey to, uh, leadership in the brain and the senses in the brain and um, abuse and cerebral palsy. I'm working on a sleep book right now. So it all sort of is about helping yourself. But I come at it in a lot of different ways. I come at it, you know, with a comic book, with a with a quote book, with a, a book about autism where it's very in-depth. So it really depends on your interests. And I suggest that you sort of Peruse the various books. And also I've produced and directed series and stuff, docu-series and things. And so if you know anyone who's coping with, um, especially autism, I that's my specialty. And I have a, a series called Fix It in Five that's an award-winning series. And it's where you I have cameras go to work with me and I'm, I'm working on the ep season three right now. So you can see season one and season two. I put it up in the pandemic on YouTube. So it's easily accessible to people rather than just on the autism channel because I felt like they were stuck at home and they should have some help. Um, so you can you can get links to everything through my website. I also have a comedy that a bunch of autistic people perform in. So that's cool. Um, and that's an award-winning film. So there, there's lots to see and do if you play around on my website. And then if you just want to look at neurofeedback, which is biofeedback for the brain, which is the main therapy I use, that and behavioral responding and play. 
Um, if you just want to learn about that and ADHD and autism and that sort of thing, you would go to my other website, which is brainbody.net. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lynette, for this really in-depth and incredible conversation. It definitely took a different turn than I had anticipated, but that's the beauty of this podcast is it can take as many turns as we want and it's still at the end of the day going to resonate with so many. You're welcome and I took advantage of the fact that you're a student and I planted it there because I never get to have that conversation so that was fun for me too. (laughs) Yes um to all my listeners um stay healthy stay safe and until next time. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Words of Heart. If you would like to leave a rating slash review or voice message of your thoughts on this latest episode or any episode for that matter, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave me a voice message right here on Anchor. And if you would like to leave a review slash rating, You are welcome to do so on Apple Podcasts. You can find my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podchaser, to name a few. My podcast is literally everywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you would like to speak to your heart warrior, that would be me, on a regular basis, You can reach out to me through Twitter. My Twitter handle is heartwarrior24. Again, it is heartwarrior24. So please do not hesitate to reach out to me with whatever is on your mind or just to simply chat. As always, I am here for you. In addition, I've also started integrating videos into my podcast. For those videos and more, you can follow me on my Facebook page, Words of Heart Podcast. Again, my Facebook page is called Words of Heart Podcast. So if you would like to know more about my podcast or anything pertaining to my podcast, feel free to like and subscribe to my page. And as always, I hope you guys are staying healthy and safe. And if you ever need anything or ever want anyone to talk to, I am here for you.